The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It's Thursday, January 13th. One, happy birthday. This is an emergency John Breach birthday podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Happy 40th birthday to John 40. Breach. 40! Breach is 40! It's amazing. This podcast is so old. If you're watching on YouTube... Actually, this is the David Cully Got Fired emergency podcast. Ryan Wilson may jump in with us, uh, but as you can see, it's me and Debo. If it wasn't weird enough that it's just me and Debo, I'm wearing a button-up shirt and I don't have my headset on because I have to do HQ immediately after this. Uh, so, But we're going to dive into the David Cully stuff. Debo, what's up, buddy? What's going on? I didn't expect, you know, expected to connect with you this much this week, but I didn't expect you to see my face this much this week. I yeah, I didn't I didn't expect to see your face this much this week either. But it's been a delight. Is that uh, what finals hat is that that you're wearing? 1998. Is that the Iverson? No, that's never mind. What am I talking about? That was like oh the Jazz and Jordan. Yeah, what am I talking about? I was just I was like, why would he have a yeah 98 just a random one? Okay. Yeah, no no Qantas today on his birthday. Ryan Wilson, like you said, might be joining us, but. Qantas. By the way, I remember watching the final uh, game of that finals in uh, in Hams, a restaurant in uh, in High Point, with my dad when Jordan hit the shot over uh, Byron Russell. Anywho, I digress. Um, David Cully fired by the Houston Texans. This happened. We were actually we were actually uh, we're podcasting with Josina Anderson. That episode will be out if it's not already out. It'll be out later um, when when the news broke. Uh, kind of a fun sausage making uh, moment uh, as Josina was informed about uh, somebody, you know, like I can confirm that she, she had a verified source, call her and tell her that, uh, that it was uh, that, that he was being fired uh, while we were doing the podcast. Um, one year for David Cully. I think you could actually make the argument that David Cully deserves a vote, at least like I'll vote for <laughs> like coach of the year because the Texans played hard. The uh, Texans were competitive despite having despite a complete lack of talent. Like I think the Texans had way, way less talent than even Detroit. And Detroit there was, was not, not Yeah, there wasn't one report that said the Texans have given up on first right. year head coach David Cully. Not when they were were three and thirteen at the end of the year. That never happened, which typically you see with franchises that are futile as they the Texans. Even, they didn't finish last in their division. Like they I mean they, you know they won four games. Pretty good with that. And they were I think we can agree the the team that we expected had the most barren roster that we expected to have the worst record in the league. Yes. Their over under was like three and a half, I believe, yeah. uh, which three and know. a half, four in some places just yeah. check that, which 
to, to even meet that level of expectation, it's hard to place in a 17 game schedule and over under at three. So I yes. get four, but just rewinding. Why, why hire them? I think that's the main question. Why hire him in the first place? I, I mean, I sort of thought when they hired him that there was a chance that this was just a one-year deal, mainly because um, when they hired him, the Deshaun Watson stuff, Deshaun had not, the, the off-field Deshaun Watson stuff had not happened, I don't believe. Um, but Deshaun Watson had demanded a trade and knew he was out. So it was a pretty, right. pretty impossible job to, to hire for. Like, I don't think there were going to be a lot of people who were interested in coming. So that may have played a role in it. I mean, he was hired at age 65, if not the oldest head coach ever hired. One of the oldest oldest, coaches. Yeah, I think the oldest first time head coach ever hired. Um, So we knew this wasn't going to be something to lead the Texans into the next 10 years. And you've talked about bridge coaches, and you mentioned that with the Giants the other day, someone stable to get them back into a good place before you make a home run hire, hopefully in a couple of years. I I just don't get the one year opportunity for a colleague. So, I think that it's sort of like the Joe Judge stuff in that that seems mean, but in the sense that if I, I think that there are um, exterior factors at play when it comes to David Cully being fired, I don't think it is an evaluation of David Cully's uh, work with the Texans that is getting him fired because one, again, they won more games than we expected. Two, uh, Davis Mills <laughs> looked good uh, in 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 limited duty. I mean, like not yeah, in like limited duty as a rookie, second round rookie, playing for what amounted to an expansion level roster uh, with no discernible weapons outside of Brandon Cooks, really. And he, I mean, he looked sharp. Like David Cully got that out of him. That's yeah, that's from impressive. an early early third round pick to someone that Ryan Wilson has said would be the number one quarterback taken in the 2022 NFL draft if he had right. just stayed another year. Now that's a, a byproduct of a week 2022 draft, but that kind of tells you how far Davis Mills came along. In I mean, the season under Davis, Davis Mills probably looked better than one or two of the quarterbacks. Like, I mean, like Be- better season than Zach Wilson, better season, than Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, maybe Justin Fields. I mean, you know, like all things when you factor in, like when you, when you really factor in everything. Um, but, uh, but to the exterior factors, I think what it probably involves is the interest level of another coach in that job. Now, maybe that coach is Brian Flores, which I think is entirely possible. And, um, there are, you know, we talked about this. There are some nav- tricky waters to navigate with Flores because Flores wanted Deshaun Watson in Miami. Deshaun Watson was waived his no trade clause and said he would go to Miami because Brian Fl- of the interest from Brian Flores. Um, it, you know, it turns out that uh, you know he was uh, you know he was pushing for you know like Chris Greer wanted to us, Stephen Ross like I guess the option of both maybe was on board with potentially getting Watson, but it was Flores who was pushing the agenda. The question is, if you're hiring Brian Flores in Houston. And this is a hypothetical. I'm not saying that that's definitely going to happen. Would Deshaun Watson be willing to come back into the fold for the Texans, or is he already too far gone? Because you know you're not talking about a situation where um, you know uh, the uh, the late McNair, Bob McNair, uh, passes and Cal and like somebody else buys the team, and Deshaun Watson's like, all right, I'm in. You know, I mean, it's his son running things, and that's and- that's the yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, and we, I would just say we have z- absolutely zero read on what Deshaun Watson would want to do in that scenario, right? I mean, you would think it's it's too far gone based on the early reporting as, as early as last January and then throughout the offseason when other things got involved. But 
it's been relatively quiet on that front, but no indication that it's just like Deshaun Watson's out for 2021, but he's interested in remaining a Texan in 2022 if, if they get a different coach. Like, that hasn't been on our radar at all. No, no, not at all. And the thought process was, or it was at least bandied about, was like, it, can the Texans bring in somebody for 2021 that would interest Watson enough to have him – you know, want to play. And then, you know, it was like, and then, and then they hired David Cully and the thought was, you know, cause I mean, Deshaun Watson had made it. I, I believe there's something leaked out there to the extent of like, he was really interested in, in a, you know, in the Texans hiring a black head coach. Um, and you know, totally fine. Like they, he wanted him to interview Eric B Um, and so I think that, you know, and, but then, you know, they hire Cully, but then immediately the Deshaun Watson off-field stuff happens. And so we never really had a chance to find out if Deshaun Watson would be willing to come back and um and 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 uh and and co and play for David Cully. And now we won't ever know. I I just wonder if Watson, with everything that's gone on, if he is concerned that he won't be able to you know solve the legal situation, have the legal situation come to a conclusion. Uh, you know, by the time that 2022 starts and if he might end up having to sort of decide, you know, if he wants to play football, play football for, for the Houston Texans. And if that's the case, maybe there's a chance that he could get him, you know, there could be a head coach involved that interests him, or it's entirely possible that Texans are just going out and hiring Josh McDaniels. Like they got word that Bill Belichick's not going anywhere because he found Mac Jones. He thinks he can coach another 20 years. And uh, Josh McDaniels likes the way Davis Mills looks and wants to come coach him. I, I, Josina pointed out on the show as we were sort of talking this, uh, talking about it, that there is almost certainly a New England connection uh, yes. that will be present with Nick Casario and, uh, and, and Jack Easterby, the preacher. So, you know, it, it stands to reason that they would want to hire. I don't know. And I've just never read anything about it and don't know anything about it. If there's um, a uh, good or or bad or any kind of what, what the relationship is with Casario and, and Brian Flores, it's just not, you know, I hadn't thought about it. But when you think about how he wanted Watson and how they all work together in New England and, you know, they all uh, Flores left on good terms and went to Miami and took some, you know, took some coaches with him and whatnot. Uh, you would think that there's probably a decent relationship there, right? Yeah, and I, I think when you're thinking about Deshaun Watson's mindset from a football perspective, someone that's going to turn 27 at the start of next season, if, if he's back on the field, and just where he wants to be as a 27-year-old quarterback in his prime, someone that I know you think would is a you know top three type guy that you would start your team with at the quarterback position, he would be coming back to a Texans team that we know is absent of a lot of talent a team that even with Deshaun Watson in 2020 was four and 12, two of those wins coming against the one win Jaguars. So it's not like, e even if you do bring Brian Flores in, it is a rebuilding process for oh, yeah. these Texans and Deshaun Watson has to recognize that. Or even if they do bring in or, or show indications that they want to bring in someone that he wants, he could still ask to move on to be in a better situation. Well, and that's the other thing too, is if you're the, this is why the Flores thing, uh, was, is, is a little tricky, right? Is like, if you, you know, you're going to trade Davis Mills. Cause you, maybe you get a first rounder for him, like a late first rounder for him from like, maybe the Steelers are willing to give up a first rounder for Davis Mills. You know, you trade, uh, you trade Deshaun Watson and you're getting multiple first round picks back more than likely if everything, you know, if he is tradable to the extent that his legal situation is cleared up, you're getting multiple first round picks back. One of them might, you know, if it's the Panthers, you know, it might be a top 10 pick. And, um, 
I so, think at some point he'll be tradable enough to garner back two first round picks. Sure. I don't know if it's going to be that massive haul yeah. that four sure. first round picks or even three that we once discussed, but I don't think two is, is out of the maybe, question at all. Maybe it's like three if you, if you include Sam Darnold as a first round pick, right? <laughs> like, or, uh, or, or two some, as a first round pick, right? Some like, contingency or yeah. Or like you do the wins factor where it's, you know, if, um, you know, if the Panthers, it, I mean, again, if the Panthers make the playoffs with Deshaun Watson, the, the 2023 second becomes a 2023 first or something like that. But you're, you're right about, you know, the interest in someone like Davis Mills for a team that's, you know, late teen or early twenties, rather than taking a Carson Strong or Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett, even who might go a little higher than that. But if you're the Saints at 18 or, or Pittsburgh, which should be in the low twenties, take it send that pick for, for Davis Mills instead of maybe reaching for a quarterback that you're just putting there because there's not a ton of quarterback talent in this class. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, again, so the problem with the rebuild is like, let's say that Brian Flores wants to come in, you know, in, in theory, he is coming in because he thinks he can talk to Sean Watson into playing for the Texans. Well, if Deshaun Watson's playing for the Texans, it's a lot harder to rebuild because you didn't have a first round pick last year, you know, you've used your uh, second round pick on Davis Mills, who's looked good. So now you're just going to put Davis Mills on the bench while, while Watson is, um, you know, while Watson is playing, that seems, uh, you know, like it would be, you know, it's just a precarious position to be in. Maybe Watson comes back and plays in 2022 and then you trade him. I, I don't, I mean, like, like, is, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you want to bring Brian? Flo Does Brian Flores just want a job? And he doesn't care whether it's Deshaun Watson because that could be the case, uh, you know. So I think that that is kind of a, it's just kind of a tricky situation to navigate. In but I do think that David Cully would not have been fired if the Texans didn't have something else in like some other opportunity that has opened up to him as a result of and exterior factors weighing in right and that's that's typically the case i think in most circumstances when you have a firing at this point in the process and at this point in the week three days after black monday now i bring yeah. up i don't think the eagles had anything like set up last year when they fired doug peterson a week after everybody else that one was odd but i think most of the time when a coach is fired three days after black monday it indicates that there's something else on the back burner Right. I mean, the Texans took all this time to evaluate David Cully. It's like, like, I mean, come on, really? Like you didn't, you, you didn't, what was the whole point of the season? You like, know what, what you, you had week, week seven. With, you know what you had week like, one. I mean, you, come on. You could have like, made that evaluation. Are, are, are you aware of how many head coaches the Texans have had as a, a franchise since their existence in 2002 began? So their first one was, um, okay, Dom Capers. Correct. Uh, and then I think Gary Kubiak followed Dom Capers, right? Correct. Uh, Wade Phillips? Full-time full coaches. I don't okay, want to okay. throw okay. intern in here. Okay. So uh, Bill O'Brien. Uh, let's see. So one, David Cully, Bill O'Brien, Dom Capers, Gary Kubiak. Is there a fifth one I'm missing? You nailed it. Huh. I, it's just a little surprising to me. They've only had four. That, David Cully is the fourth coach in franchise history. Everybody else lasted, you know, Capers was four years. Kubiak was seven or eight. O'Brien was six into his seventh year. So wow. for a franchise that's made the playoffs six times in franchise history, uh, dating back to 2002, that was just, it makes sense when you lay it out like that, but just a little surprised that they'll be on their fifth coach. 
Well, and it's pretty crazy that Capers only got four years with an expansion franchise, right? And then uh, Kubiak actually. I don't know, do you know? Uh, do you know who led the NFL in passing in two thousand and nine? I would go with one Matt Schaub. Ding 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 ding! Nice work, Debo. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's pretty. Uh, no context clues whatsoever there. <laughs> right. I mean, well, I mean, it's just Gary Kubiak had, was, had a good run with the Texans. And then, you know, we can hate Bill O'Brien all we want, but Bill O'Brien had a pretty, oh, look, it's Ryan Wilson, everybody. Syracuse's own. What's up, buddy? I was uh, making a soccer practice drop-off run, and I see these frantic messages, and uh, glad to hear no one died, although it is, I don't know. It's sort of weird. Why are we firing David Culley again? Uh, we think, I think, and I think Debo tends to agree with me. By the way, a lot of Debo love in the comments. I mean, I get that you guys like to rag on me, but but it's always like somebody's like somebody suggested that I'm training Debo for when I retire. How old do you people think I am? Like, think uh, just like, it won't be a retirement. It'll be a David Cully type situation. <laughs> well, no, it won't be a David Cully type situation. It'll be more like a Joe Judge type situation. Right, Ryan, the other day I asked Will because Joe Judge apparently you know, seemingly was about to be fired and went into the Giants front office and asked for more responsibility and more control. So I asked, Will, when he finds out he's about to be fired, what will he go into the CBS? Is that true? Joe Judge for? asked for more responsibility? Joe Judge said he he told the Giants, reportedly told the Giants ownership he wanted to say in who they were hiring as GM. <laughs> this feels like a, like a Larry David situation where you see the writing on the wall. You've already ordered the pizza and the beer to be delivered to your house and you're trying to find it out. Yeah, exactly. So what did you guys conclude with David Culley? I think that there is an exterior, a candidate on the outside that they believe they can hire, whether it's a Brian Flores or whether it's like somebody like Josh McDaniels, who has made it be known that he really likes Davis Mills. And let, wants me, to uh, let me interject here and see, see if this reminds you of anything and see if this sounds familiar. There's a guy named Jim Caldwell with nine and seven in back-to-back years. Yeah. And old Bob came in and wanted to bring his guy in, Matt Patricia, and uh, they held a mimosa party when Matt Patricia. Oh, Bob Quinn. Bob Quinn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I can't even remember his last name, but I knew his name was Bob. Yeah. Um, I was like, Bill O'Brien wasn't there. <laughs> oh, right. No, the Robert first name. Yeah. They held a mimosa party uh, to celebrate the fact that they were done dealing with Matt Patricia, the Giants, uh, the, uh, the 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 Detroit Lions players. So I get it on the surface, but how many more games is Bill Belichick winning with that Texans team and, and the dysfunction surrounding it? I'll, I'll put the over-under at more wins. At, yeah, I was to say one and a half would be the over-under in terms of more wins. I mean, maybe a half. And that's the right, exactly. I mean, yeah. so that doesn't turn into an eight-win team. No. Nobody, I mean, nobody turns that into an eight-win team. Now, look, you could argue about uh, the Brandon Staley level of aggressiveness that David Culley has. And we saw Mike Lombardi, the former uh, NFL executive, just rail on Staley as being extremely arrogant. Uh, I think Cully's at one extreme and Staley's at the other. So maybe you want more aggressiveness. But, I mean, that's something you sort out in the initial interview uh, instead of circling back now. But I don't know. These guys that get one and done save Urban Meyer. I'm trying to think of another situation where a guy was one and done. and Like Steve. uh, Urban Meyer didn't even get one. But that was all self-inflicted. Like Steve, what's Steve's last name? It's not Steve Steve Wilkes with the Cardinals. Steve Wilkes. Like that was not a great situation for him. That That was was a historically bad team. And that was the Josh Rosen team, right? Yes, that was the Josh Rosen team, correct. Chip Kelly with the Niners, right? But he had had success briefly. I mean, he he, he crushed it in Philadelphia for for 75% of that tenure, Debo. Does that sound right? I'm I'm fine with any Chip Kelly bashing because Chip Kelly backed out of a bowl game with NC State. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, he was he was one and done with San Francisco. Uh, right. Just you looking know. at a list like uh, Jim Tom Sula, Hugh Jackson with the Raiders, Jim Mora with the Seahawks, Cam Cameron with the Dolphins. Oh, that Cam Cameron had a chance. That's a one win team, and that's the that's a, the season when Joey Porter stood up and said basically told Cam he sucked in front of the whole team, and there was no response from Cam. Had a real chance to hire Mike Tomlin that year, and who knows what happens with with Tomlin's career if he if he's forced to take Ted Dolphins' job. Obviously, Bobby Petrino. Just rolling through some of the names. Oh yeah, Bobby. Yeah, I mean, th- also self-inflicted. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like a lot of those are extenuating circumstances, right? Petrino I mean, like, quit though. Like he yeah, quit. Petrino, Petrino left a note for his players and left mid-season. I mean, Got on the motorcycle, and then next thing you know, he's wearing a neck brace. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, he, yeah, I mean, he he then he yeah, he took the job at Arkansas, right? Um, oh god, because remember the Falcons are still playing football games, and he's down there doing woo pig suey at the press conference. Uh, I do have to bounce in like a minute or two, so uh, just thoughts on your thoughts, Wilson, on can- possible candidate, and you guys can keep this going if you want. Uh, yeah, we'll yeah. talk candidates for a couple minutes. Yeah, uh, you mean like after I leave or now? After you leave. Okay, cool. Uh, this is part of the plot, Will. Part of the plot. More responsibility, Brent. I can't do HQ now. I have to. Devo's trying to take my job. Okay. Yeah, they're blowing me up. All right. The uh, Yeah, so I'm going to bounce. Okay. We'll take watching. a break. Smash the like button. We'll take a break. When I when you come back from the break, I'll magically disappear. And Debo and Wilson will talk candidates as Debo continues his uh, Cersei Lannister-style Game of Thrones takeover of the Pixels Shame. podcast. It's, it's just one, one week. One week. Shame. That's it. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Thanks for Peace. listening. Right. Thanks for watching. Bye. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Ryan, uh, the main name was was Brian Flores and Will's thing. And, and I think it makes a lot of sense where this would not have necessarily happened if, if Brian Flores wasn't made available. Obviously, the Texans front office connections to New England, Flores coming from New England. Is that a name that you would be like, OK, I get why we moved on from David Cully? I think so. My only hesitation, I think Brian Flores feels like he got a raw deal, but you guys talked about it and explained to me must have been Sunday night. I didn't know the backstory as to the Flores uh, reported that the, the departure, Chris Greer and he were uh, at odds on the quarterback situation. Flores reportedly wanted Deshaun Watson and Chris Greer, obviously for obvious reasons, wanted to stick with Tua. But here's the, the good news. If it is in fact a, a Flores type situation, uh, your first thought is, well, is Davis Mills an upgrade over Tua? And you know, that's debatable. I would guess no, but Deshaun Watson sitting right there. And maybe he's the one person that can talk to Sean Watson and to perhaps staying that, I mean, like, what would you put the probability of Brian Flores, assuming he gets hired, talking to Sean Watson and staying uh, on with the Texans? I think the Texans think that percentage is higher than it actually probably is. I just think we're so far gone in this situation with with Deshaun and the Texans. 
I mean, 25% seems generous at, at the point that you're convincing them to stay, right? Yeah, well, very generous. Like, first of all, so you're doing probability of A and then B, and probability A is that they hire Flores, and then B is obviously uh, that Deshaun stays. And I think that that feels like 7%, both those things happen. And my point to Brinson, even beyond everything that's happened with Deshaun, he would be coming back to a roster when he's 27 year old, 27 years old in his prime, just missing a season that doesn't have much. Even with Brian Flores and some hope for the future and the third overall pick, you're not coming back to much. If you're Deshaun and you're still kind of dictating this, these terms of where you can potentially go, there's a lot of better football situations for him out there. Yep, they have the third pick, the 37th pick, the 68th pick, and the 80th pick, which is not terrible. But in addition to the 7% chance that Deshaun and Flores are the answer, you're not getting the three first-round picks you thought you were getting for Deshaun Watson and rolling with Davis Mills. You also Maybe you trade Davis Mills and try to turn that to a third or second-round pick. I don't know. All right, but so if, this is something Brinson just threw out there. I didn't think it was as crazy as, you know, if someone told me this a couple months ago, he said, what if the Steelers at like pick 20 trade for Davis Mills? Is that something you automatically hang up the phone to? You know, I hang up the phone, but the Steelers don't hate Mason Rudolph as much as everyone else does. And I think Mason Rudolph is Davis Mills uh, three years ago. <laughs> I mean, is there a huge difference between the two? And Breach talks about this all the time. It's one thing to crush Mac Jones, but Mac Jones is trying to win football games. Davis Mills is just winging the ball around, and no one cares if those interceptions. He played well, but there were no implications to whether the Texans won or lost over the last month of the season. So, I mean, you can mention the Steelers, but again, so what? You get a, you get a second-round pick for Davis Mills? Does, is that going to fix that piece-of-crap team in Houston that has so many problems? No, but, you know, an, an added pick and, and just all these things to kind of entice Deshaun Watson to be back in your situation. You got a couple of picks coming in. You got a new head coach. You got some money to spend. Is uh, it still Jack seems East, unlikely. Jack used to be in Calvin Air still there. I think they're still there. Then yeah, I think Deshaun. <laughs> because also there's also this Debo that I haven't even thought about. But I, I think the the rumors and the reports were that the Texans were actively trying to make Deshaun look bad when all that stuff came out last year. I don't know the the specifics or how how much veracity is to it. But even if that's uh, on any level of the case, I would imagine Deshaun is willing to hold that grudge even with Brian Flores, uh, Brian Flores' arrival. So, again, I'll put it at 7% that Flores and Deshaun return. And, again, that feels incredibly high to me. All right. So, say there's not this this master plan that Brian Flores is the, the target right now. Are there some other names that do make sense? I mean, I think it's the, the list of names has been pretty consistent throughout these, these seven vacancies now. But, you know, Last year, there was rumors about Deshaun Watson, and this is bringing it back to Deshaun, but interest in bringing Eric Bieniemy in. Ultimately, they don't hire Eric Bieniemy to give him another opportunity to interview with this team after interviewing last year. There are a couple other names that, that catch your interest. The, uh, the Josh McDaniels one is interesting in that, like, is this job better than the Indy job that he turned down? No. And I don't know what the situation is going to be with Bill Belichick winning if he retires and how much Steve Belichick is, is next in line or whether Josh McDaniels was promised something when he when he sort of backed out of that Colts gig to come back to New England. Real quick, when that Colts job was offered, was Andrew Luck still the quarterback? Uh, that's a good question. I believe because uh, so, it was coming off of they weren't, the they didn't have Super a Bowl in 2017, so it was 2018. Frank Reich ends up getting the job. 
So Luck had see. not retired at that point. I'm pretty sure he was probably incredibly injured. So let's see what what would have right. been. What, I think Fra- that's what it was. It was the injuries had been mounting up, but there wasn't this indication that this you know potential all time quarterback was retiring just seven years in. So here's what happened. So 2017, the Colts go four and twelve. Jacoby Brissett makes the majority of the starts. The year, the two years prior to that, they were eight and eight with Luck and. And Luck played quarterback for, for most of that. And then 2018, Luck returns from injury. The team goes 10 and 6, makes the playoffs. And then the next year, 2019, I believe that's when he's gone. Yeah. That's that that August night when we all got the call. And I think we did one of our first ever emergency podcasts that Andrew Luck had retired. I remember that because I was thinking about it on the you drive. We were at home a birthday and- party, right? No, I wasn't. Sean was. And he's oh, like, can okay. you guys wait 30 minutes until I finish my glass of wine and then take the bus home? I was like, get out of here, you hipster. But yeah, like so... like 11 p.m. Eastern. I, I think the answer is clearly for McDaniels, the Colts at that time. With with even right. a beat-up Andrew Luck versus a Texans with a disgruntled and legal issue Deshaun Watson. Right, exactly. So, and I don't know what the situation is with him being a successor to Bill Belichick and how much Steve Belichick factors into that. I would imagine, I mean, Nick Casario takes the job because he wants to be general manager. I understand that, formerly of the Patriots. But I don't know if Josh McDaniels, not only that, he may be able to have any job that's currently available. And this is not a great job. I think David Culley exceeded everyone's expectations, obviously. But I don't know, like I said, who else is going to coach that team to, to more wins than what he was able to manage. So Byron left, which, of course, uh, you know, he's an option. He's an offensive guy that, that you mentioned being enemy. Um, Real quick, where would you – Think about slotting this vacancy in um, to what we did the other night and kind of ranking the open jobs at this point. Since right. then, we've added the Giants, and since then, we've also added Ugh. the Texans. Ugh. So, I'm trying to pull up your uh, your list from the other day, just so we have that. I I think <laughs> I still think that Denver's not might be the best job. Uh, toss up with the ownership, so th- they haven't screwed that up. Um, and All right, so be- your list the other day was. In terms of most desirable to least desirable, you had the Broncos, Jaguars, Dolphins, Vikings, which you had lower than everybody else, and then Bears. And, and then and it's, I think pretty consensus for us when Joe Judge got fired for Brinson and I, that goes to the bottom of the list. I was going to say, and then Texans and Giants. I think the list of stands and then add Texans and then add Giants. Giants at the bottom. The only caveat was, you know, if the Giants have a, a real shot at Russell Wilson, but that's something else we're putting at probably like 7%. Yeah, I, right. And the chances that Deshaun and Brian end up in Houston and, and Russ goes to New York is one half of 1% that both those things happen. Yeah, so these two, so, you know, m- maybe the, the hands were forced for both the Giants and the Texans because of what else happened around the league and they want to scramble. Uh, to find one of these uh, available head coaches. But by doing so and doing it later, they basically put themselves at the end of the line, both chronologically and in terms of attractiveness uh, of these jobs. Because those are two uh, incredibly crappy places to have to go and try to fix things, I feel like. Yeah, and you might have a shot if you're a candidate that wants to get these opportunities. You get the call on Monday and you get a little bit along in the process and there's an opportunity there versus Thursday, like you're putting yourself really behind there. And I, I brought up to Brinson how I was surprised, and I think we were all surprised, that the Eagles fired Doug Peterson last year about a week after everyone else. And ultimately, I still think they had some good options to hire. Went like a little out there with the Nick, Sirianni, Nick Sirianni hiring, and, and he's probably in the middle of the pack of the 2021 hires. 
but it could definitely impact the quality of candidates you get to interview by making the decision three days, four days after everyone else. And I wonder how much this New England connection with Casario is going to uh, impact the hiring. Of course, we talked about McDaniels. Ger- uh, Gerard Mayo is interviewed for jobs. The um, co-defensive coordinator, I think. He might be the linebacker's coach. Linebacker's uh, coach, yep. Okay, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge are guys who are out there and have connections to Nick Casario. Bill O'Brien is interviewing for head coaching jobs. Uh, he's the uh, OC at Alabama, and I've heard through the grapevine that Alabama wasn't super pumped with how he uh, did his job, so they might be fine with him leaving. And also he has a, a clear, clear-cut clear Patriots connection, so that could also be um, a name to, to bring back. I imagine if they brought back Bill O'Brien, who left under uh, inauspicious circumstances and would return – not so much as like the, you know, doing the uh, Vince McMahon pimp walk, but pretty close to that because we made fun of Bill O'Brien. He's no longer going to be the personnel guy, but they actually went to the, to the playoffs pretty consistently with Bill O'Brien. I think we recognize, yeah, four playoff appearances in six full seasons, which for a franchise like that is pretty outstanding. I think we recognized pretty good, slightly above average coach, but just a poor personnel person. Let me ask you this. How would Doug, Mr. Peterson, handle all the oversight that appears to be taking place and the dysfunction in Houston, given how things ended in Philly? It's probably not somewhere that he would, you know, <laughs> tops of his list. Just knowing that even Philadelphia, which is considered a, a pretty well-run organization, he didn't love everything happening with owner Jeffrey Lurie and then Howie Roseman, who's bounced his way around that organization. So I, I don't think he would... I think last year I, I've said that last year was a little bit more mutual than we seem to think. He was he was fired, but I don't think he was super upset to be moving on. I don't think right. he'd leap at the opportunity to to go to the Texans when there's all these other opportunities with a little bit more stability out there. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong, Debo, because I, I, I'm terrible at pronouncing. Uh, is it Shale Capadia? Yeah, Shilkopedia. Shilkopedia. Writes for the Athletic, and he he wrote a wonderful story a few weeks ago. He updated it uh, about what NFL NFL owners should, should pay attention to in terms of the hiring process because they get it so consistently wrong. And that's probably something that Cal McNair and or Jack Easterby should read. I don't know if it'll matter, um, but if you have an opportunity to read it, it's it's very enlightening and it just incredibly frustrating as a just a normal person. Why? Guys who are incredibly successful in other walks of life, men and women, just can't figure out how to not to be a you know basically a dumbass NFL owner. I don't know if that's going to fix itself in, in Houston. Houston feels like it's it's probably the most dysfunctional organization on this list. I mean, we talk about Shad Khan. I think Shad Khan wants to do the right thing. He just doesn't know how. I think there's so much like concern from everyone but Cal McNair and Jack Eastbury about their relationship that it. Yeah, it clouds everything else. With that being said, and I thought this is interesting as a as an organization that's entering their 20th year of existence next year, the Texans have only had what next year will be their fifth full-time head coach. It's not like they cycle through head coaches every other year, every year, like an organization like the Giants have done in the past couple of years. David Culley, I think we understood that it would be a bridge coach when you hire someone at, at 65 that has no head coaching experience in the past in a situation where your star quarterback wants out. I just don't think we thought it would be a, a one-year bridge. No, that's right. I mean, uh, Bill O'Brien was there six and a half seasons. He was fired in 2020 and, and Romeo took over part-time. Uh, Kubiak had a great run there. 
Um, and then Dom Capers was the original coach. And that actually, yeah. that is noteworthy. Also noteworthy is that Calvin Nair's dad was the owner for, for much right. of that run. And then Cal sort of took over. And look, I don't know what Cal did previously. I don't know if they're in the oil business or whatever. So I don't know what his experience is with running the organization. Um, he feels like just straight up feels less competent than Mark Davis. Like, you know, people make fun of Mark Davis's bowl cut because his dad ran that team forever. But the Raiders, at least recently, have, have sort of gotten out of their own way. There was a stretch there uh, 10 years ago or so where they, where they were just consistently losing. But it feels like um, the last few years that they've been at least, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm overstating it. They, they, they've been something more than completely incompetent. I don't know. Do you think that it's a team that's in a position, you know, last year they went with the old head, the oldest head coach ever hired, that they kind of – go the opposite route this year and just kind of take a swing, roll with Davis Mills and, and go with someone younger, unproven, like these up and comers like a Kellen Moore. And and I guess Leftwich can fit into that category, even though he's, he's been around a little bit as a coordinator. I mean, my guy Brandon Staley. I mean, I mean, there, here's the real question for me and the question that I don't know the answer to, but hearing, listening to Texans folks talk that it's the, at the top of the list of, of concerns. What does Jack Easterby want to happen? Like, does he want to hire a guy who's going to threaten his power and I would imagine he probably doesn't want to do that. I don't know his relationship with Nick Casario. I don't know how well they get along or not get along. So I don't know what that power dynamics like. Assuming that they all want what's best in the in the organization's best interest, I would imagine you would cast your net beyond the the sort of New England coaching tree and, and try to find maybe not a Brandon Staley type because you know some people are already turned off to Brandon Staley, but something a little less than that. Maybe a Kevin Stefanski year one, not Kevin Stefanski year two. And why not go young? Because we keep recycling through these old football coaches and we know what's going to happen. I mean, Mike McCarthy's having sort of a resurgence. But again, if he loses, gets blown out by the 49ers, it may be Kellen Moore's job or Dan Quinn's job. Um, and Dan Quinn actually would be a name that is actually sort of interesting to, to sort of go back on what I just said. Uh, a guy who has experience in an organization that, that had to turn things around. There's just so much dysfunction. Like, I don't even know. Like, I don't know where to start with this job because I think if you're a young coach and eager to get a job, you'll you'll be willing to say anything and basically shooting yourself in the foot before you get through the door because it'll come back to blow up in your face. Whereas a veteran coach like Josh McDaniels in Indianapolis, for whatever reason, said, no, nah, I'm good. I have a better gig as a, as a coordinator where I know I have a, a better idea of what my future is going to look like. I think the place to go is Jim Caldwell. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I really, truly believe that if he doesn't get one of these seven jobs, that's that's some craziness to me. Not in seven and back-to-back years. I mean, he's probably older than David Cullen. They might be contemporaries. So if, if I'm Jim Caldwell's agent and he gets this job, I would demand a five-year guarantee, fully guaranteed contract. I think the contract's guaranteed anyway. And, and just so he can he can get paid if, if they decide 12 months from now to go, go in another direction, which feels like something they would definitely do. They are uh, both 66, about six months apart. There you go. David Culley's birthday um, on Sunday, turning six, or sorry, Jim Caldwell's birthday, Sunday, turning 67, you know, just a few days apart from our. I don't know if that'd be a birthday present or a birthday bag of poo at your doorstep. I don't know which one. Hey, you're hired by the Texans. (laughs) (laughs) Guys out there stopping on that bag that's on fire. Uh, All right. Is that it, Debo? Are we done? That's it. Send us out of here. All right. Thank you for listening to the old Pick 6 podcast. As always, added bonus when Will Brinson either doesn't show up or leaves early. So uh, we got the leave early option. And uh, we have something else to talk about, Debo, that the Texans are now in the search for their next head coach. The, what'd you say, sixth? Sixth in their organization's history? Fifth, fifth in their organization's history. Unbelievable. All right, good luck to Houston, who is uh, has the 
Distinction being the second worst job available, according to Ryan Wilson, after ahead of only the, the Giants. Um, we'll be back when, Debo. What's next? We got the pick show coming out on Friday, Super Wild Card Weekend, and on our way out, of course, just want to wish a happy birthday to John Breach one more time. 40 for our guy. Quantus Breach, turn the big 4-0. All right, we'll see you guys on the pick show. CBS Friday, TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.